yes you hear that sound you know what day it is you know what time it is it's another episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland uh. ohio uh. mr pivot himself give it up for international ian lamont morgan <laughs> uh, what's up y'all welcome back and joining us from Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati. And he still roots for the home team. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. I won't have my mama's mac and cheese and all that this this uh, Thanksgiving. But hey, it's all good. What's up, people? And also here in the capital city, by way of several other places, they call him the Black Lewis Riddick. Give oh, it up God. for oh. your boy, oh. Michael Morgan. Oh, Thank you. Thank Every you. week. Thank like you. I know it's coming, but it still it still gets me. I got I got more for you. I got more. <laughs> All right, I'm a, I'm be honest. I'm a little disappointed that Keith didn't give us uh, Joe Burrow. No, I did that already. Um, well, that was on the live show. This is for the pod. Well, listen, for those of you who join us on Sundays, Sunday evenings, we're appreciative of that. And you get some things that we don't necessarily always <laughs> give on the pod. I have had time to get past that already, you know. So it's a new day. Well, we're praying for you, Keith. We know. I checked in a couple times during the during the day on Sunday, checking in on Keith, making sure he was all right. <sighs> Listen, yeah, I definitely poured out some uh, some Kool Aid for you, man. It's all you right. And, uh, talk about the Joe Burrow for real every day. So new first. mercies, brothers. New <laughs> mercies. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right, y'all. So here's here's what the show's gonna look like today. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of the late. NFL action. We're going to talk about college football rankings and a little bit of college football as well as some games to look forward to. But we're going to spend quite a bit of time on NBA free agency. The whirlwind of the last seven days has just been insane. Um, So we're going to spend some time talking about that. But let's start off with football. Um, Best sport. Okay. All right. Monday night game. Here we go. The Rams (laughs) beat the Bucks. I just want to say that I got that prediction correct. Yes, you did. Uh, What did we learn from this game, guys? Uh... I think, first of all, we have to look at the fact that uh, the Buccaneers only had 218 yards, 16 yards in the air and two interceptions. Uh, The passing game is just not there for the Buccaneers, and their running game is so inconsistent. Ronald Jones this week, 24 yards. It's not going to get the job done for Tampa Bay. Would Uh, you say that Ronald Jones makes Tom Brady who he is? Here we go again with this. Um, no, but I tell you what is pretty bad is that offensive line. They are not blocking well for him at all, and hence why right Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is you know just destroyed right now because um, offensive lines just are just you know not blocking. They don't care. You know? I wouldn't be blocking well either. If Aaron Donald was com- was running at me, so I feel their pain. Uh, okay, but anyways, <laughs> that's your job. That's what you're paying paid millions of dollars to do. So I don't want to hear it. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Tom, I mean, honestly, you really only had like a hundred something yards for most of the game. Um, so shout out to the Rams. Their their defense stepped up, and uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff did enough again uh, to I, get the job done. I would say Jared Goff had a great game. 29 to 51, 359 yards, or 31 to 59, excuse me, 300 and over 350 yards. 76 I mean, yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, though. Yeah, but I mean, he that, uh, take away the inter- interceptions, he had a really efficient game, um, and they were really able to move the ball against this defense now from the Buccaneers who 
had that really impressive performance against the Packers, but they've gotten exposed the last few weeks yeah, um, in their matchups. Makes no sense. Like, they were so good against Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who is better than Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Jared Goff has a few more weapons than, you know, mm-hmm. than um, Aaron Jones. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, hey, whatever. Or Aaron Jones. Yeah, man. He's <laughs> he very solid. Yeah, shout out to the defensive front. They definitely came to play. Um, neither team had a good game, good game on the ground. Um, and yeah, I, I thought I was watching the Western. Like, talk about guns playing a ninety-nine pass attempt between Brady and Golf. Yep. Um, and the ratio to run the pass was not even close on either squad. But yeah, it's the second time in the month we've seen Tom Brady look subpar in prime time, and both times the run game was struggling. And so that that kind of gives you a insight on the keys to victory for Tampa Bay. It, it, as many great receivers and talented guys that they have on the outside, yep. they need their run game yep. in order to be successful. Yep. That they do. Because their offensive line can't hold up for Brady to, you know, have a five and six step drop back. So, I mean, so do, yeah, do you guys think that we're underrating the Rams? Uh, no, We do owe Jared Goff an apology. No, we don't. We definitely. Uh, no, we we, don't. we came for him on Sunday, and, and he, he deserves it. Exa- uh he he. They both threw two picks, but golf wasn't one of the two the picks that hurt. Uh, I mean, I mean, turnovers, still picks. turnovers, 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 turnovers. Right. But situational turnovers definitely make a difference. I mean, Brady uh, Brady had a chance to be Brady game in the drive time, and and his line couldn't block yeah, again. Mean, <laughs> so uh, it wasn't a great throw either. No, I'm not. No, I agree with you. I mean, Brady definitely was not great by any stretch of imagination. But again, you know, when you have Aaron Donald and all these guys in your face in two seconds, I mean, no one's going to be great. So, um, but Jared Goff did play well enough again. You know, like, hey, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, I mean, they have what? That's 23, 23 catches and well over, actually almost 100, uh, 300 yards between the two of them. Just, you know, those two. So, hey, we'll see. I think I think we got to give the Rams some credit. Um, Jared Goff has been solid this year. I think he's been better than than a game manager that we kind of peg him as coming yeah. into this year. Yeah. Um, and those and those weapons have stepped up. I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both had huge games. Yep. And then the defense, the defense. When you have a player like Aaron Donald who affects the game the way that he does, yep. it makes it a lot easier for those guys, especially in the front seven and on that defensive front, to really be able to get pressure on guys because they know they're going to see single coverage for the most part. Um, so I think that, I mean, this is a team um, that you're going to look at in the playoffs, and, and if they're hot, you might not want to play them depending on the matchup. Yeah. Um, and the Buccaneers, once again, throw up another dud on national television in a yep. game that everyone's watching. Um, yeah. And I, I, Keith, me and Keith talked about this during the show. I, I cannot explain what happened to this defense. This defense looked dominant, like they were ready to like really dominate. It's unbelievable. And they've just laid an egg, laid an egg the last few weeks. Yep. And I can't really explain it because everybody's healthy. Everybody's there. They have one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL. Um, and they're just getting nothing, no sacks this week. 
None not a all. one. And and this is the guy yeah. who, if you get pressure on him, he's going to mm-hmm. force. I mean, they had two interceptions with playing just a subpar defensive game. So imagine getting pressure in there and, you know, forcing Jared Goff to make, you know, some inerrant throws that he is, you know. I mean, he's only thrown eight interceptions, which isn't terrible. Um, but, I mean, you think his QBR for the season is 63. Mm-hmm. He is 22nd in the NFL. So he's not playing, like, incredible. He just has very good weapons. And I love the way Sean McVay normally cause a game uh so i don't know i don't know what's going on with tampa bay honestly it's it's honestly terrible to watch um the last yeah. few, few games so they better step it up because if they are like a first round exit or don't make the playoffs Man. we will never hear the end of this oh my gosh never the first take is just going to be all about <sighs> tom brady God. is done yep <laughs> Antonio Brown is sinking this team. Yep. Rob Gronkowski is right, right, right. just going to be a, just a craziness. Yep. Um, yeah. So then let's talk about it the. Is. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. Sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, for. Listen, I'm in Cleveland. We're 7 3, and we're very excited about it. But it took two Super Saiyan running backs for us to be able to get to that record. The fact that the Rams will be able to do uh, be 7 3, um, and it'd be with a, a very subpar run game. I mean, they, they don't have anything to brag about on that end. Nope. It does make them scary. Um, uh, when you think about, you know, Michael, I was just thinking about what you were saying. Uh, last time we saw the Rams, you know, be really dangerous. They had a, a real-life Todd Gurley. In the real field. life, yeah. And it seems like Sean McVay has tooled up his offense so that they can compensate for that hole. And so I do think they're, they're, they're a little dangerous, a little more than we thought. So shout-out to Sunshine. Uh, yeah. I'm not sold yet. You know, because when it comes when the lights are brightest, that's when Jared Goff disappears. The lights were pretty bright last night. Uh, yes, I, mean, last I was going to say we said that Sunday. We and... did. We did. Hey, listen, Andy Dalton had a few primetime games too. You know, every now and again, it wasn't much. <laughs> every now and again. So if I see this more consistently, then I'll be more of a believer. But uh, this is something to be excited about. I just wish that we saw Aaron Rodgers with these type of weapons or, you know, some of those guys. Cause I'm like, man, what could be if we had uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing for them or Deshaun Watson for the love of God, you know, but hey, you know, we get Jared Goff with those weapons instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, let's talk about the other primetime game. Um, Chiefs over the Raiders. Chiefs mm. make the, make the comeback in the late drive to win that game. Um, there was concerns. We had talked about it. The Raiders, do they have the Chiefs number at the end of this game? It looked like maybe the Chiefs did. I mean, the Raiders uh, did, mm. but Patrick Mahomes, you give him any amount of time. Yep. It doesn't matter. He's just, he's just so money. Yep. You know, y'all, I, I'm more impressed with the Raiders than the Rams, honestly. Mm. I think, um, what we've seen from Derek Carr and that offense the last few weeks, even though they lose this game, um, and I mean, they beat Kansas City in Kansas City, and of course, of course, COVID. We, we don't not a lot of fan interaction at all. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, Josh Jacobs has been pretty solid. I think I'd like to see them get him the ball a little bit more. But I mean, he's got the targets with Rugs. He needs to get the ball to Waller a little bit more. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, but I mean, when they're when they're pretty healthy, Oakland's going to be a tough out uh, in the AFC. So, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but I'm very impressed with what Oakland has been able to do. And if Derek Carr can play the way he's played the two times against, you know, Kansas City, they will win a couple playoff games potentially. Yeah, I didn't love the game plan from Oakland. Um, I think, you know, especially when you have a lead throughout the first half going into the third quarter. Yeah, uh, you, you could pound the ball a little bit more. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 17 touches. Devontae Booker, only five. And he don't need a lot of action out of 
out of the backfield. He he's been doing very well, especially <laughs> catching off the backfield for them. But all right, what can you Patrick Mahomes? It, it's 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 really ridiculous at this point. Just when we thought we'd be having MVP talks, that you know we're all about Russ or all about uh, uh um, Kyler Murray. You know his name got talked in there. All about Aaron Rodgers. We, we see Patrick Mahomes kind of throwing back. And we, we, we got to give the man his due. He is a wizard with the ball. Um, the way that he involves and incorporates all these different weapons and mm. it's the, mm. the chemistry that, that they that they have as a unit, it's just hard to think about overtaking that. And if Le'Veon Bell really starts getting worked in um, and that backfield, you know, becomes a two-headed monster too, I, I don't know what anybody's going to do. And so, uh, yeah, I, looking forward, you know, we always talk about parity in these leagues and everything like that, but I, I don't see Kansas City slowing down at all. Even with Tampa Bay coming up, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's 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 looking like they might they might just run the table. Mm. They might just run the table. I'm, I'm looking at this schedule ahead of time, and the fact that they it just seems like they're clicking at the right time. I can't wait to see this Buccaneers game this week. Uh, that's good. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, a couple games to look at this weekend. But on the Chiefs, I think, you know, we talked about all these teams emerging and yep. teams that might be good. The Chiefs have been consistent. Yep. I mean, they had the, obviously the loss to the Raiders, but they've looked good throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, and it's been different players every week. It's been some, some weeks it's Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yep. Sometimes it's just Mahomes taking over. Sometimes it's a Tyreek Hill game or a Travis Kelsey game. It's something different every week. Um, but. Coming into that last drive, I just you look at the clock, you look at Patrick Mahomes. They've been able to move the ball pretty yep. much the whole game. I was yep. just like, I almost, I don't want to say I guarantee he's going to score, but I really feel like he's going to score on this drive. Yep, and it, I mean, it's like, okay, he may get a field goal, mm-hmm. tie the game, whatever, but nope, he's like, going for six, right. and we're going to get it <laughs> yeah, pretty right. easily. So it's like, I don't care if it's yeah. two seconds. I don't want to give him mm-hmm. any time. Uh, I mean, we saw from Kyler Murray uh, just, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yep. Threw up a bomb. Boom. He has DeAndre Hopkins. And these weapons with Kansas City. <sighs> it could be somebody different every single. Every week. Every play. From play to play, it could be different. It could be Hardman. Yeah, it could be Hill. It could be Robinson. Like, it's it's just embarrassing. Shout out to Eric B. Enemy. I mean, he just knows the way to get these players all in. Well, for the most part, all involved. He knows. He's just. He's going to be a head coach next year, guys. I would love for it to be for my yeah. Bengals, but anyways, but you've Patrick, got, Mahomes, you've got your white coach. Anyways, easy. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, he is top five in every single major category yards. He's first touchdowns. He's third with 27 interceptions. He's only got two. He's number one in the league in that and number one overall with QBR. Uh, I mean, it's now it's never mind. I'm not going to throw it out there, but I was just going to ask is Patrick Mahomes this good? In New England, or with no weapons, no one is this good in New England, <laughs> right? So, and and, so, and Patrick Mahomes must be grateful for an Andy Reid yeah. and these weapons he's got um, because huh, it's almost unfair, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, but I do think Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is their guy. I don't think you need to really throw in Le'Veon Bell that mm-hmm. much. Just maybe. Dab him in just a few times, but Edwards Elair is the solid guy. You get him in the first round for a reason. Just stick to him, run it out, and then if something happens, then you have a good, you know, backup with Bell. But I think they just need to ride out Edwards Elair, honestly. Yeah, and I think they will. And it's funny, I'm sitting here laughing at myself because I said, Yeah, it looks like Kansas City's clicking at the right time. They're nine and one. So mm-hmm. it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. But I do think that it was it was definitely popular. 
earlier in the year um, to try and find, trying to poke holes in Kansas City, mm-hmm. trying to talk about the defense, trying to wonder whether or not it was ever to Larry was enough. And over and over and over again, they keep on trumping any of the doubts, the headlines that, you know, try to come up. And uh, I think the scary thing, like Keith was mentioning, is the ease in that drive. It was a little over a minute. They drove the length of the field so uh, to take that lead and put that pressure right right after you saw the look of relief on Derek Carr's face. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas City came down and you saw the dismay because that pressure is on. Yeah. And so I think that's what I'm referring to is the fact that things that maybe they were not in full swing, seeming like maybe they were clicking at a certain point in the year mm-hmm. uh, that I know for myself I'm guilty of trying to highlight. Can't deny it. They are what they they are who we thought they were, <laughs> and um, and I don't see them falling down. Man, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm we're not making Super Bowl predictions just yet, but uh, I'll wait. Oop. I'll wait. Yeah, I I think I mean we talked we talked a little bit about it earlier, but uh, the Raiders are a team. I don't know if I want to play in the playoffs. Nope. Um, I wish they had one more like yeah. really solid receiver. Yeah. I wish they had oh, one yeah. more. But Nelson Aguilar has been great. Philly has got to be like. We would love to have him right now. <laughs> like they got kind of be like, man, maybe we should have like held on to him. Yeah. Um. But he's he's been good. Um. Henry Ruggs is starting to find his role. Yeah. Um, a little bit. You like to see him bit. get the ball more, but he's yep. still a he's still a young receiver. He's figuring it out. And then the two tight end thing is working with yep. Waller and and Witten. Yep. Um. As a Waller fantasy owner, I wish I wish it wasn't working. <laughs> I wish it was just Waller. But um, it's good to have that veteran. I mean, Witten yep. made that big play at the end of the, that last Absolutely. touchdown. Yep. Um. So yeah. that's why you bring in a guy like that. So this is a team that I think nobody is really going to want to play in the playoffs because I think Derek Carr, much like Jared Goff, has shown that he's more than just a game manager. Yep. He can actually lift this team up a little bit, a, a team that I don't think we expected to be this potent offensively. Um, oh, no. no. And then, you know, Josh Jacobs, Keith has talked about it. I wanted him in fancy. Keith got him just before I could get my hands on him. Yep. Um, but they've got a really solid back from Oklahoma, by the way. Shout out to Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, it's – man, this Raiders team is going to be really tough in the playoffs. As long as they stay healthy, that's – you know, that's Wait, who's from, who's from Oklahoma? Devin Booker? He played high school. Uh, no, oh. uh, Jacobs. He played high school in, oh, uh, high school. in Oklahoma. Like, right. Yeah, Booker T. Washington High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Shouts out. Um, so let's talk about a couple games – we're not going to do our normal pick a game. There's two games that um, that we should be interested in watching, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, first one, Bucks Chiefs. Um, that's a big game coming up. We obviously just talked about both of those teams coming into this game. Um, kind of in, they've got to be in kind of two different mind states. Kansas City is feeling real comfortable. Bucks are a little shaky. Yep, they've lost two of the last three. Yep. Um, what do the Bucks need to do to to pull out a victory in this game? Uh, they need to have long sustaining drives. Uh, I think that's the way you beat Kansas City. Keep the ball out of their hands as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to completely stop them. Mm-hmm. Unless you're the New England Patriots, you know, or, <laughs> you know, some, someone like that. Um, but you're, not, you're just not going to stop them. Um, and so, long-sustaining drives. Get the run game going with Ronald Jones. Be efficient. That's the way you're going to beat them. If you give them the ball too many times... They may punt once or twice, but they're going to score most of the time, whether a field goal or, or a touchdown. So long sustaining drives. That's the way you're going to beat them. Yeah. I, uh, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Run game, run game, run game, run game. They've got to put an emphasis on getting uh, Fournette and Ronald Jones going. Yep. Uh, free things up for, I mean, Tom Brady's always thrived uh, all the more when he's had a solid run game. And, um, 
you know, if they can get those guys involved and integrated and Kansas City put up a pretty good fight uh, on the ground, you know, some couple times Josh, Lick, Josh Jacobs got loose, but, um, you know, looking to see if, if they can free them up, I think uh, that will in turn do exactly what Keith just said, help you prolong those drives, mm-hmm. win the final possession mm-hmm. game, and then uh, and then from there I think you got a solid chance, you know, start spreading the ball around. Kansas City did show uh, a little bit of a, of a, of a, uh, a softness as far as their coverage, yeah. uh, because Derek Carr was able to get, he was able to spread the ball around pretty, at, pretty, um, pretty much at liberty. So, yeah, run game, or maybe it just be a shootout, and you just, you know, leave it up to that, right? Well, that's, <laughs> nah, I think, they, I, think I, I think they will lose. I think both of these teams can score. I think it's going to come down to the Tampa Bay defense, the yeah. defense that we saw against. The Packers that was so dominant, mm-hmm. and we were ready to anoint that defense. <laughs> They've got to find some of that magic again because if they're not able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, he's just going to pick your part the whole game. Yeah. Um, I don't think their secondary is good enough against the all the weapons that they have. I don't think they're good enough to hold up in a, in a long game. So they've got to get pressure up front. Jason Pierre, Paul, Levante David, those yeah. guys have got to be able to get pressure on Mahomes to make him a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I just don't know. I, I think Tampa can score, yeah, they but can. – but I don't know if they could score enough with this team. Yeah. This team is a different monster than, it is. than the Rams and some of these other teams. They've been, even in the Saints, this is a different monster than yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think they've got a shot. But the, here's here's the other thing. Turnovers. You can't turn the ball over nope. against. You just can't. Because Mahomes doesn't. He has two interceptions yeah. all year. They're going to they're gonna make you pay. You give him the short field, they're going to make you pay. Yep. Um, and so, you know, Brady had two interceptions. And then the key one late in that game as they were trying to drive down the field. You just you can't do that against a team like, like the uh, against the Chiefs. Because you won't just lose. You'll be down by 21, yep. 28 points yep. when you look up. So, um, I, I think the Chiefs win this one. I don't think. I don't think. The Bucks are ready. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. I want to choose the Bucks, um, but I don't know who else. As Ian was saying earlier, uh, looking at their schedule, I don't know who else is going to beat this Chiefs team. Oakland was the closest, mm-hmm. and it was. It's interesting that Oakland honestly almost beat them twice because um, they're the best. Yeah. You know, they they made you know the Chiefs look the worst out of any team yet, and they you know honestly could have and should have beat them twice. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't. I don't like the Bucks' odds right now, but maybe they wake up. You know that angry Tom, and Tom just comes out and you know is going for blood. Who knows? Um, let's talk about the other game to watch. You know, matchup. You gotta, this is going to be a physical matchup: Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Wait, this is the second game? Oh, I thought I thought there was another one that yeah, you, that you had on. I'm not. I'm less interested in that after the Ravens last week. I'm not all that yeah, interested. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm not all that. But this one, I think, um, this is a rematch of an earlier game. Oh, yeah, for sure. That the uh, the Colts won pretty handily. Um, so, Ian, have you start off with this one. Yes. What things are we looking at in this game as keys um, going into this game on Sunday? Uh, Well, you look at the Colts side, and it's really um, – I'll say this: They, they, these see two teams have similar makeups, right? Uh, they're leaning heavy Indiana on Jonathan Taylor, um, mm. and well, they they like to. Um, I, I I think that's the uh, there's there's successful games. He seems to be getting a little bit um, more involved. I mean, and they have several backs that they mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, just when you think they've settled, they they start switching around a little bit more. Yep. So I. I'm looking to see who knows. It might be Naeem Hines. It might be uh, Wilkins. 
Um, maybe him. Who knows Jordan what, Wilkins, what yeah. exactly they're going they're going to do in the backfield. But yeah. I do think that um, uh, Steady and Philip Rivers being able to, to to get help from his receiving core, and he needs to key in on a guy and let that be the guy. And I don't think it's T.Y. Hilton anymore. Um, he just looks like a, a shell of his old self for whatever reason. Uh-oh, are um, you he saying he's washed? Like he, are you saying he's washed? Uh, 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 I think you can hand him the dove. Uh, I, I uh, think uh, you hand him, hand him the old spice. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think Oof. there's been enough time that has gone by that I've been looking to see if T.Y. Hilton would make a return, and I ain't seeing it. Mm. Um, so... But uh, if if uh, Pittman is going to be his number one, then then treat him like a number one. He broke out for a, a long play um, in the game on Sunday, and then he ended the end of the game with three targets. You 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 know you you got to feed uh, those guys that are your playmakers. So on the Indiana side, I, I say that's definitely heavy, and really the same with Tannehill, AJ Brown, those guys who who make big plays. Uh, they got to get more volume to those to those big uh, big play guys. Yeah, I mean Tennessee's coming to this game losing three of the last five. Yep, um, and then this will be a revenge game for them. Um, this Colts defense is tough. Yep, it's tough, and if they don't have that running game, it makes it a lot harder on Ryan Tendahill. He's got to do more. Um, and they honestly just have not played well against the elite teams. Pittsburgh exposed them. Even we played against Cincinnati. Cincinnati exposed yep. them in a way as well. Yep. Um, so the the. The Colts defense is our offense is just eh, I don't know I don't yep. know what to make of it. Yep. Um, like you said, it's sometimes it's Jonathan Taylor. Hines has been pretty solid. Naheem Hines has been very solid. He's been solid, not just running but also catching that the ball out of the backfield. Yep. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The wide receiver situation it's it seems to be a different person every week. It, yep. It's usually not T.Y. It is not. I think a part of that though is that Philip Rivers at this point is just not a downfield throwing He's type not of guy exactly, and I think that's still where T.Y. would be more involved in the game. Correct. And so seeing. I, it's my little Philip Rivers aside. When I watch every one of his throws, just looks like a duck all the time. <laughs> like it's just wobbling, and I'm just like, is it going to get to where it's going? I don't even know. <laughs> um, so I think that's part of the reason why Ty isn't as involved as as we would want him to be. Um, yep. But I think it comes down to if they can kind of cur- curtail Derrick Henry early, and they've got to go to the pass game more often. That's an advantage for Indianapolis, and I don't see a reason not to pick them to win this game. <sighs> You know, I'm really disappointed this year in Tennessee's defense. I figure, you know, last year, especially in the playoffs, they showed that they can, you know, play some gritty football, get stops. I mean, they beat the likes of Lamar Jackson. Mm. When Lamar Jackson was still hot, you know, they had that home field advantage. Um, They beat New England, you know, with Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. you know, and and they get Jadavian Clowney. And I'm like, man, this defense is going to be solid. And they have just completely disappointed me this year, which is shocking, you know, um, with with uh, Vrabel being a defensive guy. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't think Kerry Coombs had that much of a, you know, influence when he left and went back to Ohio state for them not to be as solid as they are, uh, as they should be. So I don't know. I don't love, um, I don't love the way that, uh, as Ian was mentioning that Tennessee's not getting the ball to AJ Brown, who is a very solid receiver. He needs more targets than three or four in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're, you lean run heavy, but when you have a guy like AJ who can really make plays with the ball in his hands, you got to find ways to get it to him. Um, and if not him, you still have Corey Davis. You have Johnu Smith, who mm-hmm. I really like at the tight end position. So we got to see Ryan Tannehill, you know, uh, show up period. Um, so, 
I, I think I like Tennessee in this game just because I think that Tannehill will be able to make enough plays um, to get the job done. Ugh. Colts are tough, though. Um, but I disagree, Ian. I think that this is just going to be the type of offense where it doesn't matter who the number one you is going to be. I think Phillip Rivers is going to find guys. He really likes tight ends, so I think he'll find uh, Jack Doyle and um, what's the kid from uh, Chicago they just got? Um, Burton, Trey Burton. Trey Burton. You, he'll find those type of guys. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's Zach Pascal, if it's Pittman, if it's Hilton. If you're open, that's who Phillip Rivers is going to throw to. So I think uh, you'll see that the rest of this year. Um, but I think you'll see the Colts in the playoffs for sure. Well, I said I said Colts. You said, do you, are you saying Titans? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Titans. I'm going to go Titans by seven, uh, a touchdown. Ian, who you got? I'm going Colts. Okay. About ten. All right. Yeah. Is Tennessee at home? Uh, I think that that will solidify my pick yeah. if they're at home. Do they have fans? Yeah, they're in Indy. Yeah, yep. They're in Indy. Oh, they are in Indy. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yeah, it's tough. I'm gonna still stick with the Titans. Right. Well, we're talking about that because the the big game that was supposed to be Thursday is not on. Will not be on until Sunday, so and I'm not interested in any of these other. I'll probably watch them anyway because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's football is what you do. I guess, uh, but they're not going to be all that interesting. Well, terrible. here's the thing. This is my theory. Uh-huh. Two bad teams playing against each other can sometimes create a good game. That's true. This is true. Yep. It's it's only bad when you're it's Christmas Day and you're watching, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, and K Love on the Cleveland Cavaliers play the Knicks. Yeah. And you're like, oh great. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's go watch this massacre. Yeah. Yeah. It's well in in Dallas and Washington are fighting for their playoff yeah. chances because that league is just so terrible. So bad. So um, all right, quick uh, fantasy football update, Keith. Oh, yes, Give you know, we are back. We back, baby, on top. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, I've only lost two weeks out of, like, the seven or eight that we've played. So. Is it, have you clinched it yet? Like, how many more weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty, pretty sure it's <laughs> It's probably going to be clinched pretty soon. One of uh, us has to run the table. In yeah, you, you do. Listen, but, you know, you never know what could happen. Fantasy is a, uh, you know, I, there could be an injury for, like, Dalvin Cook or someone crazy, and, you know, Bruh. just never know. So, uh, but. Joe, right now, Joe Mix is down this week. I pick up Giovanni Bernard. I was like, "Cool, I'm I'm good." Giovanni Bernard is questionable now with a concussion. Yep. I'm like, there's other on, there's man. other backs out there, Malcolm. That you know, it's all about matchups. There is matchups. I mean, I mean, I have other guys I can play. I just made that pick pick up real quick because I was like, "Oh, I'm losing Joe." Gio's been pretty pretty solid. Yeah, but I would not play him. You know why? Because the Giants' defense and Ryan Finley is terrible. So not starting for you guys though. What Brandon Allen is starting for you guys? Well, I mean, he's terrible too. So <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter who's starting. You know, um, that means there's going to be a lot of running the football and a lot of. Scared, and a lot of Giants loading the box. A lot of scared running backs, uh, a lot of scared quarterbacks throwing Giovanni Bernard shorts if he plays, if he can see straight. Yeah. We'll uh, see. So let's switch the gear, switch gears to college football. College football rankings, the first ones came out um, on Tuesday. We got Bama at one, Notre yep. Dame two, yep. Clemson at three, Ohio State at four, five and six is Texas A&M and Florida respectively. UC fell all the way down to seven, a little surprisingly for some people, and then yep. BYU at 14. It's embarrassing. Um, so here's here's where I want to start. BYU, they're undefeated 9-0, and but they don't have another game scheduled until December 12th. So they're kind yep. of in this weird limbo. They haven't really played anybody, yep. and there's nobody, obviously, for the next month that nope. they're going to be able to play nope. unless they schedule something. Um, so it's it's tough to put them anywhere. I it mean, they're, they're undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. And they're not going to play anybody. Nope. So, and neither will UC, honestly. Yeah, and, and you know, UC is losing a game this week that they're not going to get to play. It's not yep. against a, a particularly good team, but 
Um, that's another thing that could hurt you down the road. But let's look at these rankings. Are there, are there is there anything, especially in that top four, that you disagree with? I honestly just would flip Ohio State and Clemson. That's it, honestly. Mm. And the only reason why is because Clemson lost. Um, Ohio State did not look incredibly good against Indiana. Their secondary did look very rough, but they're still undefeated. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't it really doesn't matter. But it could matter later on in the year because that one four matchup and two three matchup could the be matchup. very interesting, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. Yep. Um, you know, that's the only thing I would flip in the top four at least. I don't really care about anything else. I don't think it matters that much because a we're probably going to get Notre Dame and Clemson playing again. That's this is um, true, which could potentially knock one of them out depending on who it is. Yep, who wins it? So, I'm not too. I mean, Ohio State. Let's talk about that game for just a little bit. Spend a little bit of time talking about that. I don't know what I expected, but once they had the lead, I was like, okay, we're good. They're going to cruise. Yeah. Thir- I think it was like, what, 35 7? Yeah. It was just, mm-hmm. or, yeah, something like that. And I was yep. just, I actually stopped watching the game. Yep. Um, but I didn't get an alert when it was over, and I went to go check, and I saw that they were down, what, six or seven with four seconds left. I was like, what the heck happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I look, when I look at that team, you know, Indiana does not have elite athletes. That quarterback, though, is going to be good. He's elite. Um, if they if they continue to put some weapons and maybe do some get some more transfers or recruits there, that could really that could be a team to look for in the future. Yep. But they're not, you know, an elite team um, overall, and they don't have elite weapons. So my concern with this team is that secondary. If they're giving up th- those kind of plays to yep. Fry Vogel, yep. He's good, man. Um, he's good, but he's not uh, Amari Rogers or uh, Devontae Smith. Or we'll see. We don't know or, what he is because you know you see Alabama and they have all that talent, great quarterbacks. Well, decent quarterbacks <laughs> at least um, to get the ball to them. You know, we can't say that Fry Fogel's not an elite receiver. We don't know. He's not Devontae Smith. He's not. He may not have his speed, but he makes some plays. And he was playing against a good, a very good Sean Wade, who is, you know, a top cornerback, you know, based on, you know, draft uh, prospects and stuff. So I don't know. I I was very impressed with that young man on Saturday. I think he's good. I just don't think he's the elite of the elite. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't know. (laughs) We won't know. (laughs) I think we do. Um, So, yeah. That's what I'm concerned about this Ohio State team. I think that's what the committee is concerned about yeah. is that their offense is their Ohio State. They yep. do it. They have Justin Fields, all those weapons. Um, so I think that's they saw that and they, they're a little skittish about that team. And, you know, Clemson, they lost, but they looked good in that loss. Yeah. Um, and they played that and they played Notre Dame really tough on the road without their starting quarterback. They so, did. Um, so, yeah, um, you guys, any or Ian, do, when you look at these rankings, is there anything that really sticks out to you? Uh, Keith kind of he kind of stole my take there, but honestly, um, just kind of flipping Ohio State and Clemson was was the only question, but not it, it wasn't in bold, right? Right. It, it wasn't it wasn't underlined. It was italicized. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I do had some questions from my last game though, y'all. Um, not just because of yeah, that defense is questionable and. Absolutely, you give up an astronomical game, but then you can't also give up an 80 or almost 90 yards to two other guys as well. Yeah. Uh, all together, they just were not uh, um, as a unit playing well. But uh, I am, I'm concerned about Justin Fields, and I don't want to get I'm too glad much you him. Yeah. Um, but one, yes, you know, the, the big draw, of course, is the arm talent, and you want guys that are dual threats that can also do it on the ground. Yeah. Now, they don't need as much on the ground from him, but he is effective there. But um, he came into that game, I think he had only missed about 11 passes. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
I think it was even less he, than that. He went, eight, he, went, he went 18 to 30 in this game. Yeah. Um, and again, mind you, you know, Indiana's not, they're not slouches, but if we're talking, we're talking about later on, in, in, you know, um, them them facing uh, these college football teams, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I do not want another year of Ohio State finishing <laughs> in the top four only to get blasted in the playoffs because um, that has to sit with me all year. So yeah, but last year we we should have beat Clemson. Let's just be real. We should have beaten Clemson yeah, last no, year. Mind you, so last year, last year it didn't happen, and I was grateful. I didn't have a whole lot to complain about. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that they're set up for that, especially uh, Master Teague. He's coming into his own and everything. So, no, yeah, no. It, 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 that's it, where we disagree. Is I He's getting more comfortable. I'm no. not saying that he's playing great. You don't think Master Teague is nope. getting more comfortable in that Listen, offense? you know what I can't stand about okay. Master Teague, honestly, is that – okay, let me not hate on the brother. He's he's decent, but he is not that breakaway speed, you know, just no. elite type of player. And that's what I think is going to be interesting to watch uh, Ohio State because when you leaned heavy on J.K. Dobbins and then before J.K. Dobbins you had Ezekiel Elliott, you have those type of guys that takes a lot of pressure off quarterbacks. That's why we could win with third-string quarterback. We had that – that amount of talent at running back and now we go to master teague who i mean yes he played decent on this past week but just watching him play he's he's not that elite guy and i think that's going to be interesting to watch the rest of the year uh and, and neither is trey sermon honestly but there is a kid from cincinnati who is i believe third on the depth chart right now be looking out for him because he's got the it factor so i'm gonna be curious to see if we're able to get him into the rotation a little bit and from what i've heard from a few scouts and from a few um people who are you know have some inside scoop on you know ohio state he could get a little uh a little action coming soon so that's that's you know something i would be looking for count on keith to find the, the cincinnati kid on every team <laughs> no, no, listen, when, do it. listen, when when you got Master Teague as your you know starting running back, <laughs> okay, it's not my okay, favorite. Easy, easy. Again, he's not elite, no. but as the year goes on, I'm seeing him. When you get guys that are not breakaway speed, you know, no, he's not Kareem Hunt. You know, he, he he's not going to blow away, um, but he's making better choices. It seems. I see. I'm looking at. I'm putting on my. Uh, my vast experience, you know, from like Madden and such. Uh, oh, but God. just looking at um, um, holes and opportunities that he's able to capitalize on, um, and I think he's, I think he's becoming more and more. And they need him to be, frankly, because yep. of what we just said about the passing game. Yeah, um, yeah. Justin Fields, I'm, I'm just a little concerned. Okay, Malcolm, you said you were concerned too. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. About the the turnovers were a big turnovers were, were a big rough. concern with him. I mean, for he sure. had, for yeah. the most part he had gone through this year, and I think if he had put together another one of the games that he had against the pre, all the previous weeks against Indiana, Heisman we'd favorite. be talking about yep. Heisman favorite yep. easy. Yep. And he really the the gap has really narrowed, yep. and really the field may even be even a little bit coming into this week. It is, it um, is. and so that's another thing you got to look at against more elite defenses more elite talent on defense yeah um you can't do that against nope. those against those elite teams but they don't play anybody they're not really going to play anybody like that the rest of the year um so, so that's something potentially that northwestern baby uh, we uh, back uh, uh, <laughs> give give uh, give Keith some love you know <laughs> northwestern you know wisconsin is now out of it yep because they don't have the they don't have the minimum amount of games in the big 10 
So Northwestern looks like they're they're really set on yep. getting slaughtered by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> we'll watch oh, a whole man. week of coverage of can they do it, and then Ohio right. State forty five to nothing here going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, Northwestern is going to be tough. Uh, I think they're going to be even tougher than Indiana, just in the sense that I think they're going to play a complete game. Um, Indiana started really rough. If Indiana had a better start, that could have been a scary game. Well, they started off bad, but then Justin Fields had those turnovers that kept them in the game early. That is true. Without those turnovers, Ohio State might have been up 28 to nothing going into the half or something like that. But those turnovers helped let them, gave them some confidence, allowed them to get some rhythm. Yeah, but offensively, Penix didn't get into a really good rhythm to the second half. That's what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. if he got into a better rhythm early on, this could have been a much more scary game. So, but the only thing I will say, and I know we got to wrap, but the one thing I will say is that just like for everyone else with a new coach like Ohio State, this is Coombs' first year as his defensive coordinator. And of course, he didn't think he was going to have a season. And then they get, you know, a little bit of time to get prepared for a season. And it's tough. It's tough with new coaches. It's tough, as we see with LSU. Um, Bo Pelini has been terrible as a defensive coordinator thus far. <laughs> LSU has been giving up, you know, points to us three. Honestly, we can we can go out there and score a few points against LSU. <laughs> so, you know, but it's tough. It's tough. And they lost. They lost. Let's give LSU a little bit. of. They lost quite a few guys to the NFL. They did. And uh, so did Ohio State. Yeah. Like, their defense lost, you know, some really good players. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it takes some time. And. And, uh, it, you know, it's not like a Brent Venables who has been in this system. Just, mm-hmm. hey, all right, next guy up. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're bringing Coombs back. You know, he's defensive coordinator now. We lose Greg Schiano, which, shout out to Rutgers. You almost beat Michigan. But, we you know. Back, <laughs> we back, we back, we back. Here we go. Uh, Ian, he is dreaming over here. <laughs> um, so let's talk let's, for really quick. We won't spend a whole lot of time here. But we talked a little bit about the Heisman. Justin Fields, I felt like had a, had a opportunity in this game to really solidify yeah, it yeah. going into these last few weeks. Um, Trevor Lawrence obviously has missed uh, a couple games, yep. um, so that hurts him. Um, I'm going to bring up a name that I've, I, I'm going to put forward as the 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 favorite right now. Oh, I think Kyle Trask has a really good claim to being the Heisman favorite right now. The numbers yeah, he's putting up, yeah, he's um, well. he's he's in the top five in. Um, both passing yards and passing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and he's just really been able to spread the ball around in that offense. Yes. They're, you know, on on track to play Alabama in that in that uh, SEC, which is going to be a huge game. Yep. These conference championship games could potentially be some, some of the best that we've seen in, in quite some time. I know, with no fans. That's with so no unfortunate. Fans. So unfortunate. I would agree with you. Um, but I would also throw up BYU's quarterback, too. It's tough because he doesn't have any more games. He doesn't have any more, <laughs> no, any more games, and they don't play anyone. But you can't take away from what that young man yeah. has done. I mean, his numbers are incredible. Um, it, it's just unfortunate, you know. You 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 can't punish him, but you also it's like oh well we it's kind of like that UCF when they went thirteen or fourteen yeah. and zero. It's just like we can't punish you for going undefeated, but we're also not going to put you. Oh in the yeah, top you four. guys like, beat Temple, right, you know right? It's tough. <laughs> it's so unfortunate for him. I would love to see what he would be able to do at a better program, yeah. but transfer, shout out to transfer him. over to Oklahoma. You know, shut up. No, do not do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys don't play too many people else, uh, Malcolm. So, you but know. we win Heisman's yeah. and get into the playoffs. Yeah, because you don't play many folks, many good folks either. So we get into the playoffs and lose. <laughs> you get into the playoffs and lose. Same round the Ohio State loses them. Thank you. <laughs> that was one time. One time in the playoff. And we should have beaten them. Michael, my, 
I agree with you. When I was doing like my rankings, I definitely I'm I'm feeling the the Kyle Trask route, yeah. especially you know I we we talk about um, the playoffs and how the committee's gonna um, gonna decide, but then also I think Heisman voters, the uh, momentum and timing that mm-hmm. does factor in. And uh, you look at the end of their year, yeah, Kentucky, you know, Tennessee maybe, but definitely LSU, even though they've not been great this year, uh, it's still going to be a high-profile game. Our yeah. eyes are going to be on him, and uh, from what we've seen thus far, he's going to perform. And I think uh, when you look at the rest of the field, uh, Justin Fields' uh, schedule, not that impressive uh, um, remaining. We probably won't really have national eyes on him until the Big Ten Championship game, Alabama. Uh, yeah, they got Auburn, and I think that's going to be a big deal. See what Mac Jones can do. Um, uh, can do, but uh, aside from that, I I don't. I think that Kyle Trask has the opportunity to have the most eyes on him and do the most damage in public perception. Um, if he can put up big numbers like he's been doing against them, I, I think he'll run away with it. Here, here's my hot take. Uh oh, where's the button? <laughs> Which I say, yeah, oh, here we go. So oh, okay. here, here's my hot take: if 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 Florida is able to get into the college football playoff, I guarantee Kyle Trask wins the Heisman. Guarantee. I I 1,000 percent agree. I think. I think that's Daniel. That's Daniel versus Goliath. Like if he plays that that uncircumcised suicide, <laughs> then I think he's definitely got it in the bag. I think it'll depend. Um, because I think if Justin Fields has the type of games that he had the first two weeks, the rest of the time, and shows out in the Big Ten Championship, they're going to give it to Justin Fields because of the name. Of course, we know that the Heisman has some politics involved as well, um, but I think that, yes, I think it will depend. I would agree with you, unless Justin Fields balls the rest of this year, you know, takes this game, is like, all right, let me get better, and does his thing. Yeah, if, if that happens, then I'm going to give it to Fields. I know that Northwestern juggernaut Let's go. <laughs> we'll see, man. <laughs> I really need like a. I don't know if there's if somebody has an invention that has every school fight song in it that I could plug into our board. Yeah, let's do it. And oh just at any moment oh call up God. a random school's fight song. That don't would just play be Michigan great. Stuff. We don't want to hear. We Michigan want. Stuff. I'm gonna play Michigan as the intro music sometimes just to make you guys angry. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some games to watch this weekend. Um, I'll start off. Yep, I'm really interested in this. North Carolina Notre Dame game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina hasn't quite put it all together. Nope. Um, but it's a Friday afternoon game right mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, you know, Notre Dame, I don't think did they play last week? I think they were all, they, no, they did not, they play, did not play last nope. week. So they've had a week off. You got that Thanksgiving turkey in your system. It's a Friday afternoon. Um, and this this North Carolina team is talented. Um and Sam Howell, another another guy who's putting up really impressive numbers. Yeah. Um, but they're a young team. They're still trying to figure out. But this is one of those games that Notre Dame needs to be careful of, um, that they can kind of get lulled into a false sense of security after their big win against Clemson. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this game. I'm not going to say it's going to be an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I hesitate to say Alabama-Arbor mm. just because it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cliche answer, mm. but – um, the uh, Nick Saban testing positive for COVID again. Yeah. Okay. It, for his life. We wonder. I'm not sure exactly, you know, how how that will impact Alabama. And I'm not a hater, but I'm always hopeful uh, <laughs> that somebody will take down Alabama. Yep. <laughs> that you, sounds like a hater. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, Ian. I'm with you. Yeah, probably watching Saturday at 3.30. 
You know, guys, I am uh, really interested to see Texas and Iowa State. Mm. Uh, I think that's going to be... I'm curious because that's another uh, that's a Friday at noon yeah. game as well. Um, I don't know. You know, we're just going to see is Texas. I'm I'm almost tired of, you know, <laughs> just going back and forth on Texas. I want them to be back, back so bad. We're not back. We're but they're back. just not back, not back. And then they're back <laughs> and then they're not back. You know, I'm tired of it. But that's that's probably the game that, you know. And that's I, a big one, too, for, you know, <laughs> Texas wins that one. They're once again in that position to get into that Big 12 championship game and get a rematch against Oklahoma. So, um, yeah, that yeah. that's a, that's another one to watch. These Friday games are going to be – it's always – iffy how your team's going to come out right on those friday games right after thanksgiving mm-hmm. um and it's so weird that alabama is playing auburn this quote-unquote early it's in the early. season yep. usually that's the end of the season end of the season rivalry uh, week baby that's you can't even call it that you this can't year. even nope. this is just another week in november hey the other game uh because i think lsu benched their other quarterback yeah, they're they're playing a yeah they're playing a I don't know who, what his name is but yeah, yeah I'm I'm gonna be curious to see what they do against uh, Texas A and M A and M's been off what two weeks at least uh, yeah yeah they've been off too <sighs> so that's gonna be another fun one to watch as well uh, to see if LSU can get any type of momentum after they they won last week yeah. so that'll be interesting too. That is. Are you calling upset? Any uh, hot takes? N- no, because no. you know Bo Pelini still the defensive <laughs> coordinator. So no thanks. Uh, but it'll be interesting, just because again, after a couple weeks, the rust begins to settle. You know, um, and <sighs> nope, I'm not picking him. No way. Yep, not okay. yet. Nope. <laughs> trying to tug something. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to see if we can get we can get the hot take button going. Yeah. No. Um, nope. All right, guys. Let's talk about what we came here for. Oh God! Let's do it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We got football. We got basketball. About camp starts next week. Yeah, it's crazy. It's craziness right now. NBA off season. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I think the NBA off season is the best off season of any sport. It's just agreed. It's yeah, just the for sure the D, especially this year. It was just like everything happened in like three days. Yeah, like ninety percent of roster spots were filled after the, after the first three days. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so let's start off talking about the Lakers. Let's get them out of the way so we can talk about other teams after that. Um, just great. Just a oh my god, great. Oh, I, Rob Plink, I love you, Magic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's Ian. Let's start off with you talking about this Lakers off season. What what did they accomplish? Ooh we. Uh, it got heavy. Um, <laughs> just looking at uh, you know, we're guessing what what decisions they're gonna make. We understand that guys have uh, – they've grown their profile. You know, you win a ring. Got the Dwight Howards of the world, the Rondos of the world, and we see them go other places. But, man, the way they were able to fill in gaps. And there's yeah. some names that I was not too overwhelmed with. A lot of guys like Wesley Matthews are not too high on them. Um, KCP comes back, and it's like, yeah, all right. But, I mean – How are you still so on. lukewarm on KCP? Uh, After the playoffs he had, I, I mean, he, but he's still yeah. not great, Malcolm. But he was great. Yeah. He was great for his role in the playoffs. He was good. Now, during the regular season, the there were some he, moments he, that you're like, "Bro, can we just?" Right. But during the playoffs, he was on it. He was deep. So he was I'm good. not. I have nothing negative. I'm at a. I'm at a cool even point. You, you're you nothing, uh, KCP. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I definitely thought. And and if nothing else, bringing him back is not a bad move. I did think there were some other viable options out there. Mm. But they work with the money that Name they them. had. Name um, them. And they did, they did some, I don't know how the money works. So I don't even, I, that was the other thing I said, you know what? 
I got to understand that they're going to make the decisions that they make uh, and, and, and grab guys that, that are serviceable. I mean, and they, they got that job done. I think, um, you know, even adding some of these, uh, what, I don't know who Kavon Harris is, but it's just like, you know what, they built it out. Uh, like know. Who are, you little, talk- are you looking at the Lakers? Yeah. <laughs> don't you know Kavon Harris? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even got uh, Alfonso McKinney, if they're keeping him. Uh, decent, you know, guys that, that can fill out the bench. But, I mean, of course, Landon Montrez Harrell. Mm, yes. Um, you know, even 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 the veteran presence that Mark Gasol is going to mm. bring. Uh, Landon, you know, Marquise Morris. Uh, being able to keep, they kept enough of the core together mm-hmm. and they built around LeBron and AD just enough that even as of right now, they are, they're my, they're my favorites to repeat just based off of what they did here. Out of the 100 plus transactions that took place <laughs> thus far, uh, um, you got it, you got to give them the win for this offseason. What you think, Keith? Yeah, I mean, uh, once I heard that it was a possibility for us to get Marcus Gasol after we made the moves that we made already, I mean, talk about a veteran big who's going to, you know, get the job done in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think this past, you know, offseason we saw how important it was for a guy like Dwight Howard to come in, get some solid uh, minutes on the inside, rebound well. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great offensively, but now we bring in Marcus Gasol mm-hmm. who can stretch the floor, yeah. can hit some jump shots, and even hit a few threes when mm-hmm. he needs – uh, but also can rebound and all. Um, it's gosh, I mean Schroeder. Of course, not, the only thing I did I didn't love, you know, not being able to bring back Rondo. But at the end of the day, I understand the money just mm-hmm. didn't work in that aspect. But shout outs to Rondo. You gave us playoff Rondo mm-hmm. uh, when we needed you most. Even when you know Malcolm was not you know hugest on him. Ian and I have been he- heavy on him uh, being able to perform for us, and he did. So this we're is, grateful. This is what's confusing. Y'all give Rondo credit like he was the carrying the team but then kcp is like the i feel nothing bro he wasn't great though but neither was rondo but rondo was not a starter he wasn't expected to be great but neither was kcp yeah bro like kcp we need you to be really good see this is wait kcp was starting that's yeah Yeah, yes he said he said he wasn't expected he was expected to be great and i'm like i don't who was expected kcp to be great i mean I, okay, I guess I, I get what you're saying. However, Rondo in his whatever year in the NBA showed up huge with huge minutes, hitting big shots. First of all, the only year we care about in the NBA is 18 for LeBron, and that's all we're going to talk about. I don't want to hear about how many years anyone else has been in the NBA. Um, so, listen, I'm I'm appreciative. I I liked what KCP did. You know, I'm still not huge on him, but you know, hey, you know, he's all right. Killing me. If, if you left, I, if, if, if you left, I would have given him a handshake on the way out. <laughs> like, like, thanks, bro. But oh, I'm sorry, Rondo, for not just for facilitation, for giving balance, for spell, you know, uh, giving LeBron to rest off off the ball, uh, you know, just for intensity's sake and and for leadership. I'm sorry, there's no comparison between Rondo and. Contagious. I'm not going to keep relitigating this. This is this is really interesting to me. But the <laughs> the Lakers here's here's the biggest thing I think they did. They gave themselves a lot more margin of error in this truncated season coming off the championship. True, true. You have guys true. in Schroeder and you have a guy in in Harrell who can help them. Particularly, it, it's weird to think about this, but they struggled offensively in the half court. Yep. 
um, Dennis Schroeder helps you because he's a guy that can actually get a bucket. You know, you can like Rondo all you want. He can't, a lot of times he can't get you a bucket, but Schroeder can do some stuff. A pick and roll with him and Montrez Harrell could be really lethal coming off that second unit. These were the, the top two vote getters in six man of the year last year. Yep. Um, and now they're on the defending champions. So in a season where you're probably, you're going to have to rest LeBron. Will he rest is the question. <laughs> and then you, you're going to have to also rest. Is even, when is he even playing? When is, when does he start playing? Cause that's the other here's, thing. Here's, if I'm the, if I'm the Lakers, don't even, Bron, don't even worry about the preseason. No, heck no. Don't even worry about it. Nah. In fact, nah. maybe even the first two games of the year, you might be on like a 20 minute. When we get to Christmas Day, we, it's on TV. We're going to yep. get you out there. Absolutely. Then we're going to back you back down again for, for <laughs> another couple of weeks and then we'll ramp it back up. Cause I just, why? With with the weapons that they have now, losing Danny Green of itself would have been bad, but you are replacing him with Dennis Schroeder yep. and Wesley Matthews. And yep. no matter what Ian says, Wesley Matthews is a better shooter than Danny, Danny Green, and I think just as good of a defender as Danny Green. Uh, I wouldn't agree with you before this past season on better shooter. I would have chosen Danny Green, but this past year— It was a train wreck. It was very bad. I don't know what happened to Danny. Well, he, was, he said he was hurt, and I don't know. Maybe he was afraid of the bubble. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but but I like the pick. I I love them turning Danny Green into essentially Wesley Matthews. And by the way, one of my predictions that they will sign West Matthews. Yes, that was early on in free agency. I'm proud yep. of myself. I also predicted that Montrez Harrell would either sign a one year deal with the Clippers or go elsewhere. Did not think it was going to be the Lakers. Yeah, did not either. <laughs> wow, that was the first shock when I saw it. I thought I was. I thought I had just read it wrong. I thought okay, that must say LA Clippers. I must be just looking at it wrong. Um, and then Marcus Gasol is, I think, gives you the same kind of defense. Maybe not quite the rim protector, um, mm-hmm. but then he gives you on the offensive end a guy who is extremely smart, one of the best passing big men we've seen, and can shoot the three. Shot it at over forty percent last year. Yeah, and that's just an aspect we did not have from our bigs last year at, outside of AD. Yeah. Um, so I think that adds another uh-huh. wrinkle that we didn't have. And then I think there's there's still a couple roster spots that we could fill out this this roster with. Um, you know, I would like to see them get one more wing to help, um, possibly on 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 the bigger wings in the NBA. Um, a name that. A lot of people probably won't be thinking about or even like Andre Roberson is out there. And if you can get him on a minimum deal, uh, when he's healthy, he is an elite, great defender, elite perimeter defensive. Great defender. The shooting is really up and down and is mostly bad. But with this, with the weapons they have on this team, I think they can cover some of that up. Um, but it, in terms of a wing defender, he's one of the best in the league when he's healthy. And yep. I think that that could be a good pickup from them, especially a guy you don't need to play. Um, and then, there's a guy, Ersan Ilyasovas out there and Taj Gibson. I wouldn't be mad at either one of those guys getting picked up on a minimum. Taj Gibson's a veteran, good locker room guy. Can kind of do that that uh, Jared Dudley role for this team. Um, doesn't play much, but he's a big that can get out there and defend a little bit. And then Ilyasovas is just a, a dead-eye shooter. I don't um, so I think those could be guys at a minimum. We're talking about minimum guys. We're not getting this. Is true. We're not getting the. Uh, I don't know. I saw some people <laughs> talk about, let's get Whiteside. And I was like, God, please, no. No, well, he signed with the Kings. So Thank, yeah, I, I was thankful. I was thankful the Kings. He's He went back home to sign with the Kings. Um, so, yeah, this this Lakers team is loaded. And I, I don't, they are. I don't think they're done. And I was, you know, another one of my predictions at the end of the finals was trading JaVale McGee. And I'm glad they did that. And thank you, Cavaliers. Thank you, Ian. Yes, Ian. For facilitating. Appreciate oh, you. Got your, you got your new <laughs> Twin Towers with JaVale McGee and Andre German. Towers. Okay, okay. We, we don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So let's talk about so the reason I put the Lakers first. I want to get that out of the way so that when we talk about other teams that gonna do a good job, we all just wouldn't pick the Lakers. So, what are the non-Laker teams that did well in this offseason? Ian, who you got? I'm going with Atlanta. Oh gosh, um, that's who I was going with. Okay, all right. Well, well I'll go to my B there. Uh, so I agree with you. <laughs> but, uh, no, you can go ahead. Go with Atlanta. I can. I can go with the other another team. Well, uh, yeah, man. Um, just looking at w- what they did and how they focused on surrounding um, Trey Young with talent, yep. with talent uh, in some aspects with experience. Um, Gallinari, uh, long been around the game. He's a guy who was going to be a number one guy, but that didn't pan out. But we've seen a resurgence and just him finding his productivity. Yeah. Um, uh, they they land Bogdan Bogdanovich mm-hmm. and Bogdanovich and like oh poor Giannis. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, just just an amazing amazing way to. I mean, so we're looking at what John Collins said. I think for me is the is the fact that they did not. I was expecting if I was going to see some of these moves, I thought maybe we see a John Collins. I thought maybe we see a DeAndre Hunter go. You know, these guys that are developing and, and becoming core pieces. Uh, but to think about Clint Capella coming back and then they're surrounding him with all of these rondos there. Um, and then you got your, your, your just others. Solomon Hill comes in. Chris Dunn comes in. Solomon, um, are you talking you know, about Solomon Hill? <laughs> he, again, others. He's, <laughs> others. Others. But, but, I mean, you know, the combination of talent, that's high-quality talent, and adding depth was a, a killer combination. So Atlanta's doing some interesting things. If Trey Young takes a step forward, we're looking at a team competing for a four seed if they can bring it together because they got the power. So I just want to point out to the audience, y'all, y'all know what Ian just did, right? Y'all know, because I know what he did. He picked the team with what Rondo happened? on it. As the team <laughs> I just, I just want to point that out uh, so everybody knows what's going on. Uh, it's <laughs> a, it's a very popular meme, but uh, it's true though. <laughs> here's my, here's my thing with Atlanta. Did they honestly make themselves a whole lot better? Yes. I don't, I just don't, I just don't know. I think they, they spent might, a lot of money. I th- yeah, I think they spent a lot of money. Here's, here's my prediction. I think they're going to try to trade John Collins. Because mm. he's up for, I believe he's a free agent. Maybe after this season, they have Capella. I don't know if he can really play the four next to Capella because he doesn't shoot. Um, and so they're going to work out obviously some of that stuff during the season. But I think they're going to look to try to make a deal and get and move Jack Hans for some more help. Mm. I just don't know. Gallinari is good. I just yep. don't know. At this point of his career, he was really bad defensively last year in the playoffs. Yeah. So I just don't know what that means. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich is cool. Defensively on the perimeter, they still gonna have some problems because if you're playing Gallinari at the yeah. at the three, that's a problem. And Bogdanovich is he plays hard, but he's not. And then Trey Young is a negative, yeah, just a completely negative. Um, and they've got some young guys they need to develop. <laughs> and so you're taking minutes away from guys like Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and other young guys, Kevin Herter. Those guys are playing less, and those guys that you want to develop because they're on more favorable contracts. Yeah. Um, and you have control of them for longer. So on paper, I see why people would like this. Um. And I don't necessarily hate it. I just don't know. Does this just make them the Hawks of five years ago where they've got a whole bunch of guys and they're just kind of in the middle of the field and lose to a team in the second round of the playoffs every year? I think I think Danilo's only as good as his point guard play. Mm. He had Chris Paul last year. And, and he was very, very – he was a huge part of their team. Um, 
well, of their offense. Let me, <laughs> let me be more specific because you're right. On defense, he's definitely a liability. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I think all of this, and that's why I love the Rondo acquisition so much. Aside oh. from my claim. Oh, here we go. <laughs> he's one of the facilitators of offense. But um, somebody <laughs> who, you know, uh, I do think he, he doesn't go there if he's not relishing the opportunity to kind of uh, um, take Trey Young under his wing yeah. a little bit. I'm making all these jokes, but I actually do like them bringing in Rondo yeah, to sure. be the backup there. And Chris Dunn, another who's yes. a, a, an elite defensive guard, and they yep. need help on the perimeter. Yep. But he, how is he? where is he going to play if Bogdanovich is a starter? Yep. You also have Kevin Herter. You also yep. have Cam Reddish. Yep. I don't know how that rotation works out. And if you're not playing Chris Dunn, why did you bring him in? <laughs> Hey. I just, it's it's a they've got a, they've got some stuff to figure out. They've got some stuff to figure oh, yeah. out, but of course, I don't think they make these moves without considering these things already. It's kind of like you know, in spiritual life, right? You know, God, we believe you have a plan. We don't understand this all right now, but wow. at the end of the day, there's a plan. So I'm thinking that they so who may is have, God in this example? I'm just saying that they probably have some type of plan uh, for it to work out. I don't know what it's going to look yeah. like. I don't know how it's going to work, but I mean, I don't think they just go out and willy nilly pick players and go from there. So. I don't know, but I would agree with you, Ian. I think Atlanta had one of the better off season uh, off seasons. But my my secondary was going to be Phoenix. I think mm. Phoenix yeah. trading for Chris Paul uh, at first, I was like, okay, how is this going to work with Devin Booker? But I think it's going to work. I think Chris Paul is going to be the leader that that team needs. But then they didn't stop because they also signed Jay Crowder, who was very solid in the bubble for mm-hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we don't know if that's just because it was a great rotation he was in with Miami, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the pressure is going to be on for him now to really step up and be a solid shooter and be a good all-around uh, decent player for Phoenix. Because I think if he is, that really bolsters that backcourt. And then, of course, Aiton needs to take another step forward this year for Phoenix. But I think you get veteran leadership. You get a solid uh, score uh, in Jalen. I mean, sorry, in Jay Crowder. And, of course, to add that to Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and, of course, that young core that, you know, they were already building upon, which we saw Phoenix was one of the hottest teams in the bubble before the playoffs anyways. I think they make some solid moves, honestly. I like it a lot, and I can't wait to see them play. I love what they did. Um, obviously, the Chris Paul deal is a big thing, but I like those periphery moves. The first one you talked about, the Jay Crowder, him at the four, um, which I think is his best position at this point of his career, um, is is really solid. And then I, I'm a fan of Etwan Moore. He's not a guy that does that wows you, but yeah. he, could, he could shoot and he could defend point guards. Um, He's a and, decent role player. Yeah, decent role player. And I think that's a good pickup for them for what they need for their team. Mm-hmm. And then bringing back Dario Saric, I think, was also big for yeah. them. Um, yep. So, yeah, I really like that deal. They got they got something for Kelly Oubre, um, who didn't play in the bubble, and they played great without him. Bridges and Johnson seem to be kind of filling that role now. Yep. I, I mean, now, especially now with what's going on with Golden State, I feel better about that pick of Phoenix getting into the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Of course, it's the West, but I think that eight seat will be open. Um, Portland also, well, never mind. I'm not going to steal anyone's thunder. I well, know someone was about to talk about Portland. I was about to talk about Portland. <laughs> there we go, Malcolm. I see, actually had a couple I, teams I to talk it, about. I let you straight there. Portland, I, I, they were scary last year as they got healthy going into the playoffs. Of course, the Lakers are the Lakers and handle business. But yeah. they re-signed Rodney Hood, who didn't play in the bubble because he was hurt. Uh, but he's been solid for them coming off the bench as kind of a two-guard wing guy who can kind of uh, do a few things for them. They bring back Carmelo Anthony. They get Enos Kanter in a trade, um, who I think helps their big rotation, yeah. especially now that Whiteside is on. I, I think they, I think that's a guy they helped um, get on the plane. They uh, they sent movers over to his house to help him out. 
Um, they also make the deal yeah. to get Robert Covington, which is I think is something that yeah. they really needed. A, a, another three and D guy. Um, he can he can defend wings and play a little bit stretch four as well, and gives them another shooter. Um, so I I really like what they did. And then you know they have some other young pieces like Gary Trent. Um, you know D- Damon C J. Dame is in, he's 30. I didn't realize he was this old, but Dame is 30. Yeah, I so, didn't realize that either. So they oh. need to capitalize on this window as much as they can. And I think they did a good job of extending that window and putting them in a position now, especially with the Warriors, um, calling Faller down the list to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. Because when they're healthy with Nurkic and those guys, they've shown to be a very solid, a solid team. Yep. Um, the other team I looked at was, uh-oh. I'm not the hugest Daryl Morey fan, but he, the way he remade this roster in Philly in such a short amount of time mm. has been amazing. Mm. They got they got Seth Curry, yep. <laughs> one of the best shooters in the NBA. Yep. Uh, got rid of Josh Richardson, who just didn't really fit with them. He's a good defender, but they don't need another defender. They need shooting. Uh, they get Danny Green, yep. who was not good for the Lakers, but the Philly needs guards. For whatever yep. reason, they just never want to pick up guards. Um, but they got a 3 and D guy who doesn't require the ball. Nope. Um, even when Danny was not shooting well in the playoffs, he was still creating space. Yeah. Now, imagine if he was hitting yeah. shots. This would be a completely different playoffs. Completely different. For the Lakers. And he probably stays with the Lakers right. if he's hitting shots. Absolutely. Um, so I think this is great for them. And then they also. Dwight Howard. The, Dwight Howard. We'll see how that works out. Yep. We'll see. But he was solid for the Lakers. He was solid for us, but solid for us. it's yeah. different doing it for the Lakers than it is doing it for the Lakers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then they, um, Tyre, Tyre, Maxi, Maxi from Kentucky, who they yeah. drafted, is a guy that I really like. He's a combo guard, gives them somebody else on the perimeter that can make some plays um, and can hit big shots for them. So I really like what they've done, and I, I think they might have a couple other little moves as well. But Doc Rivers now has some ways that he could. They got rid of Al Horford, which is probably the most important move that they yeah, did. Yeah, that, that was. I don't even That's know why they did that. Say. Like it wasn't. Sure, they got. They got. That's they got draft picks. It's definitely addition by subtraction. Yeah, unloading Richardson and Horford. And so now you can move Tobias Harris to the four, which I think. That's better for him than him playing the three. It you have a huge lineup, but he's not he's not really equipped to, to guard wings. No, he cannot guard um, LeBron uh, and though Kevin Durant on any of those. Probably. And so the, now you put uh, a Seth Curry and a Danny Green on the floor with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Tobias can be your stretch four. That's a much better lineup from the start right there. Um, so I like what they did. Philly has put themselves back in a position where we could talk about them again because. I really was interested in talking about Philly if they were going to come back, run it back with the same team. Sure. Um, but let's talk about teams that are doing some head scratching things. Um, I'm gonna start with the Detroit Pistons. I have no idea what they're doing. I have absolutely no idea what they're doing. I love Jeremy Grant. Don't know why they signed him, and for that uh, much money, and for that much money, that was a lot. Um, Jalil Okafor on a minimum deal in and of itself, like, oh, that's a pretty good. He's a former top three pick, but then you go get Mason Plumlee and draft a center, and then yep. you bring in. Trevor Ariza for some reason. I just don't and you, you already have Blake Griffin. I just don't really understand what they're doing. I liked what they did in the draft getting Killian Hayes. Yeah. But then you look at everything else, it's like, are y'all trying to start five centers? I, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. Maybe they're going big ball instead of small right. ball. You know? <laughs> they're trying to be the Lakers East. Oh so they're my trying to goodness. <laughs> Gosh. So Lee. what other what other teams are you kind of scratching your head looking at? I'm not so much looking at their acquisitions or, you know, the few moves that they did make and their low profile moves aside from signing Justin Holiday. But, um, yeah, I, I gotta wonder if Indiana is their mm. inactivity spells that they have a, a bigger plan. Um, yeah, true. Their Achilles heel, heel was, uh, injury. 
Uh, of course, you know, with Old Depot, uh, Sabonis missing time, you know, that's the, that's the big thing. But uh, I guess I was looking for them to be a little bit more active, um, understood their small market, and you're always going to get it. You, you may not get the high-profile things like, uh, like you will um, L.A. And, and even these major cities, Houston, Philly, things like that. But I, I am going to be curious to see um, how Indiana moves forward, and and if they didn't think that they did, they needed to do much to stand pat, um, because they, yeah, these these small acquisitions, um, and they didn't beef up their front line, either. yeah. And I, I think they really did need a bit. They could have benefited from uh, from bringing in the center that's a little bit, um, a little bit more experienced and um, somebody to pair alongside the bonus on that front line that could cause them to be a little bit more offensively formidable. The bonus, of course, being a, a great playmaker there. So I will be curious to see moving forward if they have a little bit more uh, to go off of, but I'm not really seeing it so, so far. I think they're not getting Jordan. I think they were focused focused on getting Gordon Hayward, and when that fell through, that I don't think they had a backup plan. And then I don't know. Yeah, the Oladipo thing was weird too because you heard rumors that he wanted out, and then they're like, "No, he doesn't." So and then there didn't really seem to market be a market for him anyway. So yeah. True. I never liked the Hayward idea just because, you know, uh, C.J. Warren just takes a step forward for you in the bubble. And so I, I think, you know, milk that, cultivate that a little bit more and try to work out a chemistry with him, Brogdon, Ol- Oladipo. But we'll see. Um, Ian, I'm sorry, but I don't know where what your Cavaliers are about to do. I have no, no idea. Sorry. Come on. Come on with it. On with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if LeBron is just in cahoots still with you know who's in there. Who's who's their GM? Kobe. Kobe all right. Kobe, the other Kobe. Maybe he's still in cahoots. It's like, hey, Kobe, do me the solid. You know, I'll take care of you. Buy you a house in L.A. or something. I don't know. But the fact that they took Javale McGee from the Lakers, um, that you know, okay. And then they lose. Yeah. First of all, Obi Toppin was still available when you guys picked. I thought Toppin was your better option. The draft pick that you make was safe. It was a you know a decent pick, but you, then you also lose Tristan Thompson. We don't know what is about to happen with Kevin Love. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Ian, you have some Cleveland insider perspective on you know your overall vision as an organization because I don't uh, see Keith, it. We're just here in Cleveland. Uh, that's it. We're just up here in Cleveland, and uh, we're experiencing this thing here with you. I appreciate you bringing that up, though, bro. I have I have no insight for you. Uh, I don't know where they're going exactly. I, they've got young pieces, but that seems to be their new thing: just acquiring young pieces. Uh, uh, well, they're doing this weird Draft thing day. where they have these young pieces, but then they have these other guys that just aren't on the timeline. Yeah, Andre German, Drummond, yeah, Kevin Love. Let's operate in, in extremes. You know, <laughs> we got young promise. Let's just establish it with journeyman talent that we just surround them around, and let's see what happens. You know, uh, I don't see any type of whew, connected thread whatsoever. Keith. Yeah, it was. Um... It was interesting, honestly, when I heard that. Wait a minute. Della Vadova's back, baby. We back. They re-signed him. <laughs> I forgot. They we did re-sign Delhi. Delhi. Let's go. I forgot about Delhi. They re-signed oh, Delhi my gosh. for the third time. <laughs> so welcome back again, Delhi. Please do what you did last time when you were a walking court. I will so, say, yeah. as a Knicks fan, you guys got a good one to Damian Dotson. I like I like Damian Dotson. He's, he's not a... He's not a starter, but I think he's a good role player. He can get buckets. He can shoot. 
Um, so might be a little weapon for you guys in the future, a little underrated thing. Um, so that's the one thing that I looked at, and I was like, you know what, that makes. I'm, I'm proud of the cast for doing that. Everything else, I'm like, I don't know. What yeah, y'all doing. everything else I just don't makes know. zero yeah, sense. We have a bevy of role players. So <laughs> welcome, Damien. <laughs> You're like the Knicks last year. They just got a whole bunch of role players and were just like power <laughs> exactly. forward. They were like, let's see what happens. Malcolm, your Knicks made made a few moves. They made nothing. They didn't do it. I'm just glad we didn't do anything to hamstring ourselves for the next three years. Right. Um, I, we didn't sign anybody any long contracts. No. We didn't go and get every power forward available. We just kind of we got Obi Toppin. I like that pick. Yep. Um, we got Austin our young Rivers. core. Let's That's keep developing this young team. Let's not just don't do. We, you know, Austin Rivers is on a reasonable deal. <laughs> Let's just not don't do anything nuts. Like give a max contract to surge. Like just don't do nothing crazy, please. Right. right. Um, and Tom Thibodeau, don't kill our guys by playing them fifty three minutes a game. Yeah. Toppin um, was a big pickup for y'all. Yeah. I like Eakin Ball. I like it. We got a nice young core. Him, RJ Barrett, um, yep. Mitchell Robinson. I, I wish yeah, we got a point guard. Yeah. I was hoping we could get our hands on RJ Hampton or Tyrese Halliburton, but you know, next year's draft is loaded. Um, one team Kevin, we, Kevin uh, Knox is still still waiting in the wing. Isn't he? He's still there. I don't know <laughs> if he's good. We still don't know if he's good, but he's there. Oh. I acknowledge his existence. <laughs> I, I'm actually excited. I don't think they will win. We will all, not know, and I'm okay with that. This is the best draft class but in a long time. Think, I think they'll be fun to watch, though. I think they could be. Yeah, I mean, you know. Obi Toppin doing the, his Amari Stoudemire impersonation. I'm here for it. RJ Barry he shoots better than Amari. Yeah. yeah. Plays defense about as well as Amari, too, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so let's, uh, real quick before we leave, we didn't talk about this team, um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. They get Drew Holiday. They do. It looked like they were going to get Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yep. And then, I don't, it really hurt their depth. It would have hurt their depth. It would have made them, their ceiling goes up. Considerably with that yes. starting lineup, yes, it does. Um, but that trade falls through for a, just a comedy of errors, uh, which we won't get into. Are the Bucks better? I don't think they're better. Honestly, I <laughs> think they were deeper last year. Yeah, um, they lose. Uh, wait, wait. So Divincenzo is still there, he's still right? There. Yeah, yep. because they didn't lose him. Yeah, he's so still there. That's White Dante. Yeah, <laughs> he he he. I was watching him play this past year. He played decent. He's got some skill. He's got some skills. He played decent for the Bucks. He he kind of surprised me a little bit, but I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're that much better because I don't think they're that much deeper on their bench. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that's what really you know stretched them. So I don't know because they still lost George Hill, which I mean he was decent off their bench for them. Know. He was fine, right? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't think. I think Drew will will be good for them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think he will make them like he will push them over the over the edge. Yeah. So I I think they made some they had, they were on track to do just enough to really really sure up their spot as as the team to beat in the Eastern Conference that they would have been able to uh, land Bogdan. But them finding DJ Augustine. Uh, OG Bobby Portis is there. OG, now. let's and, uh, go. OG oh Bobby Portis. God. Oh my lord. Guard your jaws. Uh, you know, I, I do think that they 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 had it. And honestly, I all right. This is not just based on preference, but based on play. If you switch out Bledsoe for Drew, that's an upgrade any day. Um, and so I I do think that they took one tiny step forward but had an opportunity to take a leap forward uh, if things had, had gone through with that trade so 
Hopefully, we'll see if it's enough to get Giannis to stay or to sign this extension. So, from this article that I read, uh, Giannis really wanted Bogdanovich. He was actually the preferred acquisition over Drew. Mm. Um, they had, you know, they had been in conversations yep. during the off season. Yep. Bro- him and his brother were working on him. Um, he really, he's a Euro guy. Giannis, believe it or not, is from Greece. He's not from here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he he kind of identified with how he plays the game and thought he would really help him in the playoffs. Um, and so now, you know, early in the off season, they were talking about Giannis. Looks like it's a lock to sign the extension and now. He has till December twenty first, and yeah. I don't know if it's if it's as certain as it was before. I, they lost a lot of depth. I think you know on paper, obviously going from Drew Holiday um, from Eric Bledsoe is an enormous upgrade. But is it an upgrade if you also lost Wes Matthews and George Hill? <laughs> I don't know. They also um, cut Ersan Ilyasova. Um, so I just ugh, this is it's tough. And then Robin Lopez, they didn't bring back, who was who was a solid big off the bench yeah, for them. Yeah, he was very solid. Uh, Where's he at? Or is he still free agent? Washington. Oh, Washington. Oh, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, that sucks for him. Yeah. Gosh. Dude. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's a solid. Would have loved to have guy. him in L.A. Honestly, that would have oh, been. Maybe. He's yeah. another solid big yes. stretches the floor. I'm not a huge. I'm not a. I I understand why people like Robert. He's not one of my favorite. I prefer his brother Brooke. And they had his brother Brooke before LeBron got there. Yeah. Not you. You might be thinking of Brooke. Who I am thinking threes. about Brooke. Yeah. Well, I thought he was in. I thought he was in Milwaukee. They were both in Milwaukee last year. Brooke is still there. Yeah, Brooke is still there. Oh, I thought you were saying Brooke was never oh, mind. No, that okay. would have been yeah, that would have been terrible. Really I was like, wait, they gave up Brooke. <laughs> oh, you said they gave up Robin. Okay, all right, that's fine. Whatever. Um, so yeah, the, the depth is good. I think is going to be a problem, especially in the regular season. You're going to have to run those guys a lot of minutes. Yep. Um, and DiVincenzo has got to step up now. Yep. Um, he's got to. Pressure's on for him now. He, yeah, he's got to develop. He's not an extra piece anymore. He's nope. he's one of your core pieces now. Yep. And I just you know. OG Bobby Porter is one of my favorite players just because of his reputation. I don't care how he plays basketball at all. Um, OG. I just love the way he stares at guys and the way he punches them in the face. It's great. Oh, so kind of like Ron Artest. Can you imagine you practice? <laughs> imagine practice with Giannis and Bobby Porter? I wish they still had, what's just, his name? The guy that he punched. They had um, Biritich a couple years ago. I wish he was still there. They did have Nicola. Oh, man. That would have been great. Hard knocks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Porter's just jumping at Biritich, making him shifty and scared anyway um, <laughs> um oh okay a couple other teams i that i'm i'm interested to see how this plays out for them new orleans getting steven adams in um mm. eric bledsoe they've struggled on defense really yes, badly they have. um so now i think they're in a position to possibly yep. uh be better going into a, a, a potential playoff run with a full year of Yon, um, with Yon, of zion and they have george hill now coming off the yeah. bench you know they've got uh I, I think george hill's in in uh oklahoma city Oh, you may be right. Yeah. Oh, I think he's in the city. I feel bad for George Hill. Sorry, bro. Dang, man. Um, he would have been solid in New Orleans. Yeah, him and him and Al up. Horford can leave the, lead that team to the playoffs. Not. Um, and then Miami, they get Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, um, and they got a, a big out of the draft, Precious Achua, who is a lot like Bam Adebayo, from what I hear. Um, and that's something that they needed another big after Bam. Bam. Um, who also signed an extension. Shout out to Bam. Five years. Um, so yeah, Bam, Bam. There's a lot to – camp starts next week, guys. Y'all ready? Nope. That's crazy. Are no. You gonna, are no, you going, I'm really not. Are you going to train camp with the Cavs this year, Ian? Will you be uh, – uh-oh. I, I'm, I may just try out. I've been doing some conditioning. <laughs> what position are you? Working on um, – definitely point guard. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Um, Man, you get rid of I'm, Colin Sexton? Oh, man. 
I'm putting I, him I in the proper position. I think Colin so, Sexton is going to get rid of Ian. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll have to see how it pans out. But no, I'm really not ready for it. Man, um, it's crazy. But I'm always ready for basketball. Always, it right? is the best sport. Thank you. Thank you. America's game. In the world's game. Uh, All right, so football, baby, we're getting ready. I can, I can smell. Even though we haven't started cooking, I can smell Thanksgiving food in the air. Mm-hmm. So let's get to these parting words before mm-hmm. we leave. Ian, start us off with your parting words for tonight. Got to shout out the Lord. That's right. You heard it here first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We uh no, I, I've had a, a very interesting uh, last few weeks. Uh, some medical things, some other things, some things and things, and um, man. Super, super grateful and thankful on the precipice of this Thanksgiving day. Uh-huh. So I just got to, uh, I really need to thank. And uh, hey, we, you know, all of our listeners aren't Christians. That's cool. We still welcome you. Keep on tuning in. Uh, just got to give you my testimony that uh been through a lot. So I'm, I'm able to exercise real tangible Thanksgiving as we are here today. So you heard it. This is a three in one testimony. Thank you. That was, I, a, that was a mic. I would like start your next sermon in that way. I, I want to shout out the Lord. <laughs> yep. Thank, like, you, like, thank you for sharing you. Like Chuck on um, on TNT. Can I do a shout out? Can I do a shout out? <laughs> right, right, right. I want to shout out the Lord. <laughs> hey, you guys. Um, before we get to Keith's last word, I'm looking at the TV right now. Go to nuts.com. You can buy nuts on the internet. <laughs> just want to let you guys know that. There's a website okay. called nuts.com and it's. And it's you can just buy nuts. You can just buy nuts. I don't know who thought of that, but they're a genius. I'm glad they got to it before somebody else did. Um, Keith, give us your parting <laughs> words for the night. Um, I would like to give a shout out to the women and potentially men, if there's men on staff, of the College of Charleston Cougars. Oh gosh, gosh today they played the juggernaut of. South Carolina women's basketball. And Ian, would you like to guess the final score of that game? Uh, uh, um, no. <laughs> it was 119 to 38. Uh, ladies, thanks for showing up. Thank you for your heart. You guys played oh as God. hard as you could, but you know, it's it's hard out here for these smaller schools that get paid to get beat down by these bigger schools. This so, is your ladies, so listen, ladies, keep fighting hard. You know, you, you may not have been the David in this story, but you may be a David in another story. But I'm I'm, I'm calling foul on this. You should have shout out the Gamecocks, not the other team for this. No, because you know it's hard out here for these smaller schools. You know, and oh. they just had to go and play against South Carolina. It's rough. You know, but I, I just always wonder in these games when the coaches get into the locker room at halftime. <sighs> do you just look at you guys and be like, y'all, just <laughs> just don't get hurt. <laughs> You know, play hard, but don't get hurt. Don't worry about the score. Oh. Let's just win this half, maybe. Let's just score 10 yes. points this half if okay. we can, guys. You Freshman, know? y'all are playing today. Don't yes. worry. <laughs> You're going to get your time. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, just shout-outs to them because it's hard out here, y'all, you know. Right. and yeah. Do you, even, do you even clap if you make a basket when you're down by that much? <laughs> <laughs> like. It's like 90 to, to 24, and, like, you make a basket. Do you just, like, stay seated, don't even do anything? Just, like, I don't even care. No, you still clap. You know, they made a bucket, you know. You get an and one. The guys at the, the girls at the free throw line, you don't even, like, slap her hand. Just, like, forget it. You're right. It's, hey, no point. It's, it's, it's definitely a general a general <laughs> principle clap. Don't do, don't do nothing too exuberant. Yeah, no. Don't. Say, no, woo! 
I hate, I hate when a team, especially in football, DB makes a stop, but they're down 45 to three. And he's just giving, right. him, giving the signal and getting his face like, all day, all day. Like, yeah, he's been lighting you up all day. Is it, <laughs> is it as bad as on Family Feud? You know your, oh, your team God. member gives a terrible answer. You still got to sit Give us a yellow fruit. Apple. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Good. No, it's because because fruits on the inside it might be yellow, right? Name <laughs> name a, a man's name that starts with a J. Jose. <laughs> good, good. Which is actually a name that starts with a J, though. No, it's starting that starts with a H. I'm sorry, Jose. <laughs> I was the video's viral. It was like Hector. You know anything else? Jose, Jesus, he, and he thought he said something. He, he banged did. the table. He thought he had it. He thought uh, he did it. All uh, right. Anyways. My parting word goes to one Fred Van Fleet, going from undrafted player to NBA champion, yeah. and now the proud owner of a four-year, eighty-five million-dollar contract. Yeah. Hey. Um, I yeah. believe it's the biggest or second biggest for any undrafted player ever. Yeah. Big shout out to him for the yeah. hard work he's put in to get to this level Absolutely. in the NBA. Um, you've got to love a, a person like that who really, if you want to talk about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Yep. Um, he really did the hard work to, to make his role in the NBA. So shout out to Fred Van Vliet, one of the people who cashed in. Also shout out to Greg, to Greg, to Gordon Hayward for finessing the Charlotte Bobcats out of $30 million <laughs> a year for the next two, the next four years. He talk fun- about finesse God. Chandler Parsons will be proud. Um, <laughs> so that's it. For this Thanksgiving edition mm. of the Three One Podcast, um, joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mister Pivot himself, mm-hmm. International Ian Lamont Morgan. Thank you, thank you. Something is still nasty. Ooh. See, we need to do another podcast about Thanksgiving food. Mm. And in the city of Columbus, by way of Cincinnati, and he still roots for the home team. It's Keith Turner Jr. Can't wait to eat. Oh, let's go. I can smell it already. <laughs> and here in the capital city, by way of a lot of other places, they call him the Black Tom Jackson. It's your boy, Malcolm oh my Morgan. God. This has been a three in one podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.